Hello again, everybody. It's Mike Petralia, Trags. It's episode 237 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Follow us at www.clnsmedia.com. We've just reworked the website, so be sure to check it out there. Follow us on Twitter at CLNS Media. And all, for all Patriots and NFL-centric news, you can follow us at Patriots CLNS. Also, be sure to give us a follow on Facebook at facebook.com slash CLNS Media. That time of year, it is free agent frenzy. And here to break it all down as the Patriots have some late-breaking news, uh, probably not the best news for Patriots fans here on a Wednesday uh, as we uh, get full f- uh, fledged into uh, free agency on March 14th. It is Kevin Duffy of Maths Live breaking it all down. First of all, let's get right to it, Kevin. Um, the loss of Nate Solder to the New York Giants, four years, $62 million, as uh, reported by several people, including uh, Jeff Howe. And uh, kind of the stunner of it all is how much is guaranteed, $35 million. Look, I think everybody wanted Nate Solder, who will turn 30 years old on April 12th, to stay in New England. He's a great you know, humanitarian story uh, with everything he's been through. Uh, but the Patriots, I don't think, are about to match $35 million guaranteed uh, to Nate Solder, right? Yeah, it's just... I think, I mean, it's interesting because the Giants actually don't have really much more cap space than the Patriots do. They have less. I, I believe they went into today with 19 million in cap space. So they're basically using, uh, I mean, a significant chunk on that to sign Solder. The Pats are sitting at 21 million right now. Um, I think that they would have, it's what you said, they would have liked to have him back, but they got to have a number for everybody. And if, if what it would have cost to, to re-sign Solder would have derailed their plans elsewhere. Um, they, I guess, decided it, it wasn't worth it to do. And uh, my first th- thought on the Solder thing was it was just a, a good play by him and his agents to get to free agency. Actually, it's the first time in his career he hasn't extended with the Patriots and he's become an unrestricted free agent. I think he surveyed the, this free agent class and realized it was particularly weak at offensive tackle, realized that he'd be in a top tier pretty much by himself. And, and that he'd probably get overpaid. And that's exactly what happened. He, I mean, he's a good player, but he's not the, he shouldn't be the highest paid tackle in the NFL. So he got overpaid because of the circumstances. And the Patriots, I think just, you know, they, they would have loved to have him back, but they realized that it wasn't in their best interest to do it at that price. Absolutely. And um, not only is he the highest paid tackle in the NFL now, he's the highest paid offensive lineman in the NFL. Certainly not a surprise given the fact that he uh, is a starting left tackle and has a couple of Super Bowl rings, certainly has, um, you know, a resume that is befitting of somebody deserving of a big time contract. You know, I brought this up, Kevin, to somebody else last week, and it, it this whole situation reminds me of what the Bengals went through with Andrew Whitworth last year. Only Whitworth is five years older and still got paid mm-hmm. by the Rams. This is a situation where, you know, if, if Whitworth was going to get that money from the Rams that advanced in his career, I'm sure Solder, like you said, and his agent were like, well, if he's going to get, um, you know, that kind of money uh, that late in his career, imagine what we can get you know, five years right. younger, right? Yeah, exactly. And that it was worth it for him to do because, you know, I'm sure part of him would have liked to stay in New England because of he's been here um, his whole career. Obviously, everyone knows about the stuff that him and his family is going through off the field. Uh, his wife is from the area. 
but he ends up in New York, which really isn't terribly far away and, and gets paid a ton more than I would assume the Patriots were willing to offer. So it worked out well for him. I mean, sometimes it's in a player's best interest to sign early. And sometimes if you survey the landscape and you get a good feel for what could be out there for you, it's in your best interest to wait. So he made it through the 2017 season healthy. Um, he got to free agency. He was the number one free agent tackle available and he got paid like it. So, as we always like to do uh, in New England, when uh, a star player leaves, uh, there is a hole left behind, and somebody's got to fill that hole. And this, I think, is going to put a lot of focus on a guy who hasn't played a single down uh, in New England and, for all intents and purposes, is going to be entering his rookie season with the Patriots. And that's six foot six tackle, left tackle out of Troy State, um, Tony Garcia. What do you know about mm-hmm. him, and do you think a guy like that who hasn't played a single down in the NFL could step in and take over? Is that even realistic? I don't know. I think they've gone with kind of a volume approach to collect a bunch of young players, and I don't. I think that's actually a pretty good approach. So they've collected a bunch of young guys, Tony Garcia being one that they drafted in the third round. They, of course, drafted Connor McDermott, too, and last year's draft would ended up losing him um, on cutdown day when the Bills claimed him off waivers. I'm sure right. he's someone that they probably wanted to keep on the practice squad. So they also had Cole Crossan, an undrafted free agent, and Andrew Jelk was on uh, NFI, an undrafted free agent who hasn't played in a few years, but at one point in his college career was projected as like a, a high uh, draft pick uh, out of Vanderbilt. So they've, they've collected this, this core of, of young tackles, and none of them have proven anything at all. But it's not a bad play, especially if they get back into the draft this year, get another young tackle. I mean, you, you figure the more you, you collect, the better odds are that one ends up working out. So I think that's right now the strategy, and it would be smart to bring back either Cam Fleming or Adrian Waddle just so you have someone with some experience. You know both those guys can, can fare well as starters. I thought both played um, very well this year. I thought Waddle – Waddle looked great uh, in three consecutive games, filling in a mark for uh, Marcus Cannon at right tackle. He went up against uh, Joey Bosa, Von Miller, and Khalil Mack, and he did a terrific job. Then he got hurt, and Fleming kind of took over from there, started six of the final seven games. And uh, I thought Fleming, kind of a guy who people in New England have not been too high on, but he was he was very good down the stretch uh, for, the, for the Patriots in the playoffs and at the end of the regular season. I think the stat was from Pro Football Focus. He gave up 10 pressures on 220 dropbacks um, from weeks, I believe it was from weeks like 13 to the Super Bowl. So he was a good player too, and he's young. So those guys are in the mix still. I mean, it's not as sexy as bringing back Nate Solder, but you know those guys can can at least be a stopgap, can at least play a little bit for you. So I think that they've got to try to bring one back and then probably draft somebody. And what about Marcus Cannon? What's what are the what are the odds that he is your opening game, opening week, week one starter at left tackle? Oh, that's yeah. I mean, that's very possible because if it say it's like uh, Fleming and Cannon, I mean, they might think Cannon is better suited to play the left left side than Fleming. Although Fleming has played both, uh, Waddle, I believe, has only played right tackle in New England. So I think the odds of Cannon switching switching sides are. Uh, they're fair. I mean, that that definitely is within the realm of possibility. That could happen. 
Now, as we uh, take a look at some of the other free agents that have law, you know, left New England, um, before we go any further, I want to get to Danny Amendola and his departure to the Miami Dolphins, what he got in terms of money. And the way I read this, Kevin, is mm-hmm. that the Dolphins are paying for Danny Amendola for two years to rework the culture in the locker room, not necessarily entirely for what he can mm-hmm. do on the field. You yeah, agree? that's possible. I, uh, yeah, well, I think that the narrative out of Miami that you've heard is that they want to rework the culture of the locker room, and Amendola is a guy who I think is highly respected throughout the NFL just because of you know how his, his career arc and the things he's done and the way he's just been able to play a role pretty selflessly. I remember last year at the end of the season, Josh McDaniels called him one of the all-time great teammates, which is high praise. And that's not something you really hear too much from McDaniels or Belichick. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll compliment guys on being smart and tough and, and good teammates, but that like superlatives like that don't get tossed around often. So I think Amendola really respected within the organization and also Miami lost, they traded away Jarvis Landry, so they do have a hole at slot receiver. And I think, you know, you could look at what Amendola did in the playoffs, and I'm sure some teams figured, you know, like this guy only made a million and a half last year. I know he's he's getting up there, but he was the best player on the field at times for the Patriots in the playoffs last season. So teams probably looked at it and said, I don't, you know, why don't, why don't we try something with this guy or with, with a guy similar to this? I don't know why the Patriots have to be the only ones collecting these um, really tough, uh, quick slot receivers. So, uh, you know, Amendola's playoff performance, that probably is what ultimately earned him the contract that he received from Miami. Well, you know, and you think about that, and a lot has been written and said in the last 24 hours since he agreed to terms uh, with the Dolphins that, um, it's two years, twelve million, twelve million uh, with an mm-hmm. eight, with uh, eight point two five million guaranteed. So it's not that much. Two years, twelve million. Yeah. But that eight point two million dollar guaranteed is more mm-hmm. than he has made in the last three years with the Patriots. That's a stunning number, right? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. And that's, I mean, it's you're right. It's not like outrageously high, but it's uh, it's actually similar to what Wes Welker signed in Denver when he left in twenty thirteen. I think it's the exact same figure, two two for twelve, and the eight million guaranteed is just that's probably just more than the Patriots were willing to go. I'm sure they, if they wanted to bring him back, they probably figured because of his age and in his injury history that they could probably get him back at like one year, three million, something in that range, and maybe he'd play one more year for the pass and then retire. But there clearly was a market out there for him that the Patriots were not willing to go near, and that's. That's what happens. I mean, I don't think you can blame Amendola. He's taking pay cuts to stay here. Um, he had his original contract, which was a big one, reworked too many times to count. And, you know, he's at the tail end of his career, and he wants to make as much money as he can. And the Patriots have never begrudged anybody for doing that. They understand the game. They understand the free agency game. There is also uh, the devil's advocate that will play from the Patriots' perspective. The Patriots really, really protected Danny Amendola, Belichick did, to get him to the playoffs the last three years. Let's not make any bones about that. Danny Amendola was, I don't want to say wrapped in bubble plastic, because that's not fair either, because he was a punt returner and took some vicious hits. But they limited his exposure during the regular season to get him healthy to the playoffs. 
Yeah, and they had to last year because they didn't have the Edelman. So I, I think that they've always wanted to – I shouldn't say wanted. They've always needed to have one of those guys healthy. So without with Edelman out for the season, I think last last year they had to be particularly cautious with Amendola. And the they approach paid off. Um, last year, that three-game stretch in the playoffs was probably the best three-game stretch he's had in his career. Uh, statistically, it was at least. And, you know, given some of the plays he made against Jacksonville in the AFC title game and he had 152 yards in the Super Bowl, um, he was playing as well as ever at, at age 32 last season. So the approach from the Patriots side worked out. I just don't know how Amendola felt about it. I think when you have a guy who's as competitive as he is, he probably wanted to be on the field a little bit more. And he's going to get that chance in Miami. And as uh, people always say during the playoffs, when somebody is a uh, pending free agent uh, and he does particularly well, like he, uh, playoff Dola did for the Patriots, he's earning a lot of money in free agency. And it turned out that was worth $8.25 million guaranteed, two years, $12 million that Danny Amendola signed uh, on Tuesday, uh, agreeing to become a free agent uh, wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins. Speaking with Kevin Duffy, Outstanding Patriots and NFL uh, beat reporter for MassLive.com. Want to tell you about a whole food protein bar called RX Bar. What does that mean? Their bars are made with 100% whole ingredients. They want to be transparent and upfront with their customers, which is why they always label the core ingredients, egg whites, dates, and nuts, on the front of their package and the ingredients that make up the texture and taste on the back. That would be 100% real chocolate coconut and other pure ingredients beyond going to, uh, be, beyond being a go-to snack that checks off a number of nutritional boxes rx bars actually taste delicious just ask my daughters who are big fans before they go out to their high school sporting events they don't need the fillers the additives the chemicals or added sugar rx bars core ingredients do all the talking it's simply like eating three egg whites two dates and six almonds RX bars are great for a number of occasions, breakfast on the go, snack at the office, throw in your bag for the airplane, toss in your backpack for a bike ride or a hike or pre- or post-workout snack. Go to rxbar.com slash CLNS and enter the promo code CLNS at checkout for 25% off your first order and free shipping. Again, rxbar.com slash CLNS. Speaking with Kevin Duffy of MassLive.com, in this uh, rapid-fire segment of Patriots Beat, I want to get to Malcolm Butler and what the Patriots have to do. We all knew Malcolm Butler, after what happened in the Super Bowl, was not coming back to New England. As it turned out, he signed mm-hmm. his or he's agreed to terms on a five-year, $61 million deal with the Tennessee Titans, uh, reuniting with Logan Ryan, who <laughs> supposedly recruited him over the phone, according to Logan Ryan's own Twitter account. And Dion Lewis <laughs> headed to uh, Tennessee. What do you make of those two moves? Kevin yeah I think Butler was expected no one you know that that was just after the Super Bowl there was just no way it was he was going to come back although uh, I was told that his his reps actually did have a conversation with um, the Patriots after the Super Bowl and I don't think it really got anywhere but I was told both sides left the door open uh, depending on what happened Um, but you know the Butler had a very strong market and I don't think the Patriots were willing to pay anywhere near what, what he ended up getting. Um, you know, Lewis, Lewis was a, a tougher call because I felt there was a chance he would come back. Um, you know, they did, the Pats didn't really 
express any interest in, in extending him throughout the season. They'd never had a conversation with uh, his reps about that. But uh, during the NFL Combine, Bill Belichick called Deion Lewis, and they had a, a long convo, uh, and, and Belichick expressed a uh, desire to bring Lewis back to New England. Uh, so I thought Deion Lewis's camp felt that the Patriots were going to be in the mix. But as this all unfolded in the final few days, uh, the Pats really, I don't, I, I was led to believe, did not make a very strong push. Um, I think, again, the number Lewis got from the Titans was just too high for what the Patriots were willing to offer. So uh, it's interesting that they both go to Tennessee and follow Logan Ryan. I think that's going to be a, a fun team to follow. Uh, Lewis, to me, lands in a really good spot. I think he's a better player than Derrick Henry. I think he'll be their number one back uh, in Tennessee, which is what he's looking for. I mean, he got paid well, and, and he goes to a good offense, and he goes to a, a place where he's in position to be the starter. So I think for Lewis and Butler, it, it all worked out pretty much perfectly. Look, I don't want to be a doomsayer here, Kevin, but if yeah. you're a Patriot fan and you look at what might not be coming back for the Patriots – um, Deion Lewis is not coming back. Danny Amendola is not coming back. Julian Edelman's coming back off an ACL. And we don't mm-hmm. know for sure yet about Rob Gronkowski. And Nate Solder's not coming back. So yeah. th- they're losing a lot potentially on offense. And, you know, I- I'm not so sure how confident Tom Brady would feel coming back uh, this season uh, in 2018 with so much, you know, missing, right? Yeah, I mean, if Gronkowski doesn't come back, then they're they're going to look totally different. And I I think it's fair to to question if they even have enough on offense without Gronkowski. So that's that's the big one there. Um, you still do have, I mean, I, I guess we shouldn't assume Edelman will be himself um, at age thirty one, coming off a torn ACL, but. When the season starts, he'll be twelve months removed from that injury, so he will have had a lot of time to uh, recapture his his form. So you still have Emily still Cooks. I think that they'll be okay at the running back position without Lewis, but there's no question that losing him hurts. Um, o line is now a question mark without Soldier. So it's you know the more you think about it, it, it really does add up after a while. It's going to be interesting to see if this team is as dynamic offensively as they've been in the past couple of years. What do you hear about Rex Burkhead? Um, I, I really don't have a good, a great handle on what Burkhead's market, <laughs> Burkhead's market looks like right now. I think it's been pretty quiet around him. Um, you heard a lot more about, about Lewis's market and some other players, but it's been pretty quiet around Burkhead. My, my guess would be, He'll land a deal somewhere in the neighborhood of three years for twelve million, so far less than what Lewis got. And that might that deal I don't know for sure, but I, I think the Patriots might be inclined to bring him back at that number. Or they might, you know, they might say, Look, the draft you can get well, the Saints got Alvin Kamara in the third round and he's on a four year contract that pays like not even four million total. Uh, David Johnson of the Cardinals, the same thing a couple of years ago. Kareem Hunt this year the NFL's rushing leader was a third-round pick. So the Patriots might look at it and say, well, we love Burkhead, but we can use that three years, $12 million elsewhere and probably draft somebody in the third or fourth round and uh, get immediate production from that player. So that, that could be the route they go to. I just uh, it, It's hard to tell at this point. Well, at some point, I think Patriot fans are going to wonder, 
Are you guys going to sign any free agents? And and granted, the Patriots have. I, I was before we got on the air here, Kevin. I was thinking to mm-hmm. myself, when when was the last time they signed signed a major free agent who is a contributing factor to a Super Bowl victory? And, and can you think of any free agent um, that, that they went out and got and made a difference because you know he was. Uh, a, a shutdown corner. I mean, I guess you could look at uh, Darrell Rivas, certainly, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that would be a yep, case, but yep, he was only yep, on a one-year would, deal. Yep, yep, that would be one. Uh, a major free agent signing. I mean, well, I mean, Gil- Gilmore was good last year. They didn't win the Super Bowl if they got there, and Gilmore started out about as poorly as you could, but he, I thought he was the best corner and one of their best players on defense by season then. Um, so I think that signing in the long run will, will look pretty solid for them. And then you go back a few years, like they got, it wasn't a major signing, but, you know, getting Jabal shared for two years, $11 million, um, that was, that was a good contract. And that's to me, the kind of thing they're looking for this year, because they don't have a ton of money to spend. They can't, they can't splurge and sign another Stefan Gilmore. They just don't have that cap space. So they've got to be able to find value. And they did it a couple of years ago with Sheard, who was really good his first year in New England, then kind of ran into some trouble his second year, but nonetheless was a bargain for two years, $11 million. That's the kind of thing they got to look for right now. And there's a lot of the big names that come off the board, but we're technically free agency as we record. This hasn't even started yet. It's not 4 p.m. on on Wednesday. So there's there's still players out there. They just need to find you know, they need to wait and find those values and uh, and hope to piece together some some parts on defense with, with some of those contracts. Is this your busiest time of year, Kevin? Uh, maybe. I don't know. It's <laughs> the season is the season's a grind, like you know how it is. Yeah, I um, do. <laughs> yeah, you know how it is. It's the season's definitely a grind and then you kinda on mini vacation for about a month because the Pats are always playing deep into the playoffs into late January, early February. And then these couple of days are just, they're just crazy because you never really can predict what happens. That's the, that's the wild thing. Uh, I think everyone would have said that Nate Solder had a good chance of being back. I think everyone was stunned by Danny Amendola leaving for Miami. Last year it was even more stunning when they signed Gilmore and trade for Brandon Cook. So it's just, that's, that's why it's so wild because you, you know, you, you make your plans and you you try to talk to as many people as possible and try to get a good handle on what's going on, but it never works out the way you think it's going to. And you kind of just have to just react as it happens to, to stuff that you might not have seen coming. How can people follow you, Kevin, uh, both online at MassLive.com and on Twitter? Uh, online, MassLive.com slash Patriots, all my Patriots stories. Uh, all content video there and then on twitter i'm at kevin r duffy so i usually tweet all all the links to my stories and then add whatever commentary i i deem necessary and you always are um i think very intelligent in your observations and twitter analysis you, you as well man well, we try, we try, Kevin, don't we? It's it's a very fast-spinning NFL world out there, especially during free agency. I want to thank Kevin Duffy for joining me on this episode 237 of the Patriots Beat. Be sure to get daily team updates on the Patriots Newsfeed podcast. 
available now on the CLNS Media New England Patriots post-game show feed. It's available on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and the CLNS Media mobile app. Thanks again for downloading today's Patriots Beat. want to once again thank our guest Kevin Duffy from MassLive.com. Give us a follow at CLNS Media. You can also follow us at Patriots CLNS. Give my own personal account a follow at Trags, T-R-A-G-S. Today's sponsor, Rx Bar. For Patriots content manager Michael Angie, CLNS Media executive producer Larry H. Russell, and the founder of the network, Nick Gelso. Thanks to everyone who tuned in. This is Mike Petralia, and this is the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. What's going on, Pass Nation? This is Marvin Zahn of the CLNS Media Network, and I'm here to tell you right now to check out the CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show hosted by myself and my co-host, Mr. Mike Nice. And live on CLNS Radio immediately after every single pass game, call in at 929-477-2386 toll-free to get your voice heard and contribute to the host breakdown and analysis of the latest Patriots contest. We also got the stars and sorries of the day, Twitter posts for the plays of the game, and everything else that is going on with the five-time Super Bowl champion. Subscribe to CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show on iTunes and Stitcher. And the best way, download the free CLNS Media Network mobile app for on-demand listening anytime, anyplace, anywhere. <laughs>